This podcast is brought to you by the Weight of Cinema community on Patreon. As a community member, you're able to connect with an inclusive community of cinema lovers and gain access to exclusive content as you help to influence the direction of the channel. To learn more, check out the link in the show notes below. Hello and welcome back to the Weight of Cinema podcast for the episode of November. It is an exciting time of holidays. Um, I'm enjoying the season so much and I'm expecting that you're enjoying the season too, aren't you, Kaylin? With all of my soul. I know. It feels so amazing outside and people are putting up Christmas lights and today for this podcast episode, we are talking about movie remakes and you know this really is in the event of the fact that over the holiday um the lion king trailer came out from disney for the new remake that's coming in uh 2019 next year and to be honest i am so tired of seeing these kinds of trailers come out i am so just fatigued by all of the regurgitation, if you will, of content that we're seeing coming out of Hollywood. That's my personal opinion. Um, but today we want to kind of talk about the concept of remakes and what remakes are, how they are different from something like a reboot or a sequel, and sort of the implications of Hollywood um, being the biggest platform or, um, you know, source of our movie going, um, because independent film is just that it's niche, it's independent, it's, you know, movies, um, the movie industry is built upon Hollywood, obviously. And so with that, what are the implications culturally and for our creativity as a culture and stuff like that? We're kind of just going to have a little conversation about that. But first of all, I want to take the moment to kind of um, establish the difference between something like a remake and then something like a reboot and also sequels. Kaylin, why don't you give a little bit of an explanation of what a remake is? So that's basically where an original movie Mm -hmm. uh, or show content is recreated pretty similarly to the original it's uh-huh. just kind of reimagined modernized right. um it, or like with a different art style right if it's animated yeah or something like that but it's basically just like a recreation like mm-hmm. almost like re you're redoing a painting mm-hmm. or something yeah. like like let's like copy and paste generally speaking everything that this work was And kind of like touch it up a little bit. Mm -hmm. So whether that's like culturally um, like relevant topics or references. So like if you take a narrative that took place in the 1950s and you remake that for 2018 or 2019, you're going to have new references in there, right? Uh, Between characters of talking about what are the different things that are going on in the time? Mm -hmm. What are the styles of clothes that people are wearing? 
all of that uh, is updated. Uh, the cinematography obviously is updated, the sound design, technically speaking, and the filmmaking of it. But the plot points, the characters, they all remain pretty much the same. Mm-hmm. Right? This is us just revisiting this story um, with a new lens, which is today. Sometimes literally. Yeah. Sometimes <laughs> literally. Yeah. I, well, most often literally. Yeah. So that's what a remake is. It's basically an updating of an original work um, without changing much about that work. So for The Lion King, now the movie hasn't, hasn't come out, obviously, but having that trailer be a shot for shot remake of the original film of shots that we see in the original film. It's a cool experiment. I think that it's pretty exciting to see that a photorealistic version of this moment in the film, but as a full length feature project, that is a complete remake. Um, we've yet to see if it, you know, if it's going to expand upon story wise or not, but having every shot be exactly the same, uh, that denotes this is a remake. This isn't a reboot because a reboot is different. So that denotes that it's a remake and not a reboot because a reboot is not just a copy and paste updated version of the original work. A reboot is a complete reimagining, uh, at least to my understanding, an overhaul of the content within a story. So it's breaking down narratives and characters to kind of their core roots, their most fundamental parts, and then rebuilding that from those roots. So a perfect example of this is Zack Snyder's Man of Steel, which has the bare minimum elements of a Superman story. It has Clark Kent. It has Laura and Jor-El sending Superman off from Krypton to Earth um, in you know, an effort to save him from the destruction of Krypton. It has Lois Lane. It has the Daily Planet. Such things are critical for a Superman story for it to be considered like a true Superman story. And with that, the bare minimum is kept intact while the specifics of the story are reimagined, right? So Superman um, and his early career, he doesn't just go to Metropolis, but he's traveling the world, exploring different you know elements of the world and trying to save as many people as he can while being undercover. The opposition that makes him rise to the occasion, these are all things that are not cemented in stone as Superman stories, but these are things that can be used to reboot the Superman story with a reimagining taking place. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so that's the example of a reboot. And then obviously a sequel is simply a continuation of a story. So an example of that would be Creed, Toy Story 4, or the upcoming Mary Poppins Returns. Um, really any of the Toy Story movies. But, you know, it's like here's Spider-Man 1, Sam Raimi's Spider-Man, and then here's Spider-Man 2. It's a continuation of that story. Um, there's no reimagining. There's no updating. It's simply the, in within the narrative, we're going to continue the story. Does that make sense? Yep. It's really important to clarify that, too, when you're talking about some of these Disney movies because something like the Alice in Wonderland, you know, that's not a reboot. That's not a remake. That's a continuation of the classic tale. Um, at least if we're going to assume that that takes place in the same animated universe as they're both Disney movies, you know what I mean? Like it takes place, the original 2010 Alice in Wonderland takes place after that first story. 
But so, also it's based on a book. Yeah, and, and that's true. But that's more of a adaptation if mm-hmm. you're going to talk about that because then we you know we can get into anything like 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 with the superman story that is also not just a reboot from previous films but mm-hmm. it's also an adaptation mm-hmm. from a book and so it gets really complicated <laughs> but basically everything is built off of each other yeah there's this really awesome um I don't know what you want to call internet project or brand or whatever. It's called everything is a remix. And it's basically a study of that concept of like everything derives from everything when we're talking about creativity. Um, And here are the ways we're going to can't make anything truly original. You can 100%. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think like you can in the sense that you can, but not. Like more fundamentally. You yeah, can't. fundamentally you can't. I think like when it comes to a lot of the superficial elements, um, you can make original works. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but when it comes to like creation itself, we're creating based off of our own inspirations. You know what I mean? Like the whole argument of can you ever have truly an original thought? You know, I think that you can in some instances, at least have an original thought. But when it comes to storytelling, stories inform other stories. Anyway, all of that to say, there's a lot of remakes coming out right now. And what we want to do is kind of analyze why that is and what the implications are. There are a couple arguments when it comes to remakes that people tend to have. And I've had this conversation a lot. One of those arguments is that remakes tend to take away from original works Um, they're a threat to creativity, they're a threat to the art form and continually regurgitating these works ultimately ends up to be pretty boring and nonsensical and we shouldn't have this, right? The second argument that other people have, the counter argument is that remix or sorry, remakes often will just give us new looks at classics and we'll always have those originals to go back to. Like there's no reason that this takes away from originals, there's no reason you should say that because you always have the original as a preserved entity. You know what I mean? You can always go back to that. Which of these arguments do you find yourself lending yourself to more? Who do you, you know, what argument do you side with more? It's kind of tough because I see both sides. Um, I don't know about like taking away from something, what that looks like. Uh, well, I think it's a matter of you take away like, the prestige or the relevance like the more you have of something the less special it is right exactly so like if you like have two beauty and the beasts now that are almost exactly the same the updated version will kind of like subvert the quality or our assumption of the quality of the original just because it's like oh here this is the updated version or even like the appreciation because kids will be raised like only seeing this new version exactly and not like being shown those original works usually unless somebody takes that perspective of like no the original is better you know what i mean and we're going to show the the i probably said more on the first argument but that's interesting but not fully because i do think that there's value i guess it depends on how well done it is Mm -hmm. like the new version Mm -hmm. Um, yeah i think you're right there's definitely value that can be found in like appreciating those old stories in a new way and you know they can 
inspire wonder in us again and remind us of like what we loved of those stories and because yeah there is another side maybe somebody would never watch Beauty and the Beast again but why for me it's like you only need to reboot something when it's lost its relevance when it's lost right I guess I just mean people forget about things it's cultural standing but who forgot about Aladdin it's still so fresh in our minds like I feel like as people growing up that like as now adults, you know, we grew up watching these films like Beauty and the Beast or The Little Mermaid. We grew up knowing these Disney classics. It's not like culturally people forgot about this amazing story. You know what I mean? Like Disney is still relevant. I don't mean like they forgot it was a thing, but like that they kind of. They're they're just reminded of like the love that they have for a story, you know, like that they might that might not come to mind. Um, I'd say personally, I would side more with the first argument, but I'm, I just mean to say that I understand the other side too, where like maybe someone would kind of forget about something from their childhood. If they're not like, some people are like, Oh, beauty and the beast is my life. Like I'm obsessed, Uh like blah, blah, blah. But sometimes people might forget about something and then like having it remade could remind them like, Oh yeah, this is really special or yeah I don't know yeah I think for me it's like you want to remake something like like that first that second argument of remakes give us new look at classics and that we'll always have the original like that makes sense to me for movies that it's like we haven't seen this story in 50 years or 60 years. Yeah, nobody's talking about this. You know what I mean? And not to say that like, oh, these Disney movies like Beauty and the Beast are like in our day-to-day discourse, but only meaning to say that like we we still recognize that. You know what I mean? And like who who recognizes a star is born until it comes out in theaters, until that they make that remake. Mm-hmm. We didn't know about it. It's been remade like four times throughout Hollywood's history. And like, at least you and I didn't know about it. You know what I mean? We didn't recognize that that was even a remake. So it's like, that is a more valid argument for me when we're talking about movies that need that resurgence, when we're talking about stories that need that. You know what I mean? If somebody remakes Lord of the Rings tomorrow, why, why? Why did you do that? You know what I mean? Because what <laughs> we did a long time. Yes, we didn't need that. Or Harry this Potter story or something. Has, that would just right, be this pointless. story has just be to- been told. Let's say in ten years they're like, let's revisit La La Land. That was a great. That made a lot of. That was popular. So let's remake that. That's not the appropriate time for that argument, for me at least. That oh, this gives us a new look because it doesn't really. Mm-hmm. Not, not unless you truly have this amount of time in between the original and the remake. It's hard to do it well, too. Like, I think oftentimes it remakes can feel kind of like hollow, like mm. like they're just like a reflection or like a shadow of the original mm-hmm. in a way where it's just like, yeah, like that was that was good. But mm-hmm. also I just felt like I was missing something. It didn't feel like quite as magical the second time because it was like diluted or something like, yeah, it doesn't. You people have high expectations for the things that they experienced in their childhood or yeah. things that they loved growing up. And if if 
if that's not recreated in a way that's truly spectacular, it's just going to fall short almost every time. Yes. You know. Okay. So here's a, here's another perfect example of what I'm talking about. We're kind of jumping the gum gun when it comes to our show notes, but that's okay. Cause this is the way that the conversation is moving. But like, here's a perfect example. So Peter Pan, the Disney movie came out in 1953. Okay. In 2004, I think, or like 2003, that's when it was remade by another studio, but it's basically the bare bones of that same story and the same kind of magic, um, just in a live action form. Right. Mm -hmm. Then you're able to say, wow, this was relevant for this point because it's been so long Mm -hmm. since that original, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And it was a different medium too. It went from animated to live action. And yeah. And that's the other argument that we haven't even touched on is how, for me at least, how wrong it feels like this story was told in this medium for a reason. And like it's specifically like a lot of these stories like Beauty and the Beast or like why, like it feels kind of like dishonoring to say, okay, now we're going to do the definitive version because it's live action when it like was, that it's more valid. Yeah, exactly. Like there's some sort of perception there that, okay, now that we have the technology, it the story needs this. It's mm-hmm. like, no, like animation was great on its own. Mm-hmm. That was the medium by which the story was meant to be told. At least that's what captured the magic originally. But anyway, that, that being a digression from my point that I'm making here, Peter Pan was relevant again for a moment, you know, mm-hmm. because they came out and said, we're going to do this film way later. And therefore, yeah, it does give us this new version and it doesn't take away from the original. But if you do them so close to each other, I think that that argument doesn't really like hold much water mm-hmm. um, because it's like, we just had this story. Why do we need to be telling it again until we like literally allow generations to go by and then let's retell that. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? But let's, because here's the point. Hollywood is saying, let's take the generation of the children who grew up watching something like Beauty and the Beast or The Lion King and let's give them that same thing in live action form again. And they'll go watch it because right. they all have this obsessive emotional attachment to these movies. Exactly. Not let's retell this story for a new generations, for a new society, for a new culture that we have. The 1950s is very different than 2004, 2003, 2005, right? Those are two totally different culture progressed intensely to something else. You know what I mean? So it's like now we're putting in a new place in time. Mm -hmm. That's where it's going to be relevant again. That's where it's going to be needed again. You know what I mean? Not in the span of they watched it as five-year-olds and now they're watching it as 25-year-olds because they know the story. The difference between those arguments is like fundamental with how how you perceive that time difference you know what i mean and like i say i'm like you where i i can see that point of argument two that says you know it doesn't take away from the original we'll all always have that original i see that i can get behind that but it's also more nuanced than that generally speaking i feel argument one more it take it takes away from originals because these are stories that we still have in our cultural, you know, in our in the palm of our culture right now. 
We mm-hmm. still grew up watching those films. Those are still classics to us, you know? It's interesting. I'm thinking about like society today is founded on we're we're just like in a unique place in history because everything that makes up what life looks like for us today is very new. Like hmm. within the past hundred years, life is insanely different. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. crazy. Yeah. Nobody would ever imagine that we would have the technology that we have today. Yeah. Like life is unrecognizable. Exactly. And I mean, you have two revolutions, literally. You have the industrial revolution and then you have the digital revolution. Right. Within and the hundred year time span almost. You know even even movies like are just over like film is barely like over it's 100 a years new, old brand new art form yeah, yeah. right it's uh, it's about 100 years right a little more it will it would be a little more like 150 yeah yeah um but that's really new compared to like the history of humanity and so it's just interesting because we're at this point in time where sorry i i just have to correct myself it wouldn't be 100 photography cameras has been around for probably like around 150 if i'm remembering I was, correctly i was talking about movies like yeah movie so film would yeah be a little over 100 yeah yeah but yeah just like the idea that we like you grow up studying literature classics in school right like you read the grapes of wrath you read pride and prejudice whatever mm-hmm. like these yeah. classic tales that were written like one to 200 years ago. Right. Um, and we, as we developed new storytelling mediums, we started telling those tales that we mm-hmm. have always loved that are like a part of history that are like set in stone as like, these are classics. Right. Yeah. And now we're in this unique point in time where like, now we're, we're recreating things that were like you were saying things that were like just created Mm -hmm. in a way like i'm going to um take this story that was written 200 years ago Mm -hmm. and i'm going to reimagine it in this new art form of filmmaking Mm -hmm. um that's that feels very revolutionary right yeah but right now where we are in time where we have things like stranger things where it's like I'm literally going to pull from like all of this stuff that was like 30 years ago ish. Mm-hmm. Like it's funny that you bring up stranger things. Cause that was our last episode. Right. But it just popped into my mind as like, we are, we are in a culture of like nostalgia mm-hmm. and, um, reimagining things from our past. But like, what does it look like for the future? Like, when you think about a hundred years from now into the future, what does classic look like for them? Like, mm-hmm. are there things that are being created today that they'll look back on and say like, Oh, that is like a classic piece of work. Mm-hmm. Like that's the things that we're going to study in school now yeah. because, but that can't happen if we only continually just recreate things that are already made. Mm-hmm. Like if we don't keep creating original work, I mean, that's what, that's what always happened like throughout history. But now that we're like so commercialized and like Hollywood is such a big part of our culture, like it's about money and it's about success. And I feel like 
even more than it used to be like Mm. and it it almost feels more rare for there to be people who are like committed to just good stories and like creating original work Mm. does that make sense Mm -hmm. i don't know that just like i kind of just rambled that but it was all just like coming to my mind that's an incredible point is like with technological advancement the ability to make a remake became relevant right Right. like you said like there are original works and then even stories like original movies like really original movies classic films like from the 20s you know what i mean like yeah like 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 stuff like that where you mean a trip to the moon is that what that's called yeah the george milliers but um but yeah like you have these like classic films right and like even if those were being remade like let's take george milliers a trip to the moon and like let's like totally like remake that like just to be nostalgic like for cinema lovers like that's a fun experiment that seems like a pretty cool but for us to literally take like this story and just beat beat for beat shot for shot redo it you know what i mean like something like cinderella which i know you haven't seen the the cinderella reboot that or remake that came out with lily Lily james yeah that was different um and really i wish you know that disney would be doing this and that we would see this more often is like the remake didn't just copy copy and paste and just update but it's like no like let's also explore the characters a little bit more let's dive a little bit more in depth it was really cool um i think that the you know i'm forgetting the the wicked stepmom i'm forgetting if that there's an actual name for her that character but um was played by kate blanchett and like super incredible like she's just an amazing actress and I don't know. I just, if I'm remembering correctly, there were so many moments that it was like, that was cool. You know, like the way that you're doing these characters and, but we're not seeing that. And, and the other thing is Cinderella is an older film anyway. Like I said, with the Peter Pan thing, that's like, that's like the forties or something. No, that would be, no, not, it wouldn't, it wouldn't be that old. It would, it would be, um, here, let me look it up real fast. Fact check. Yeah, that came out in 1950. Okay. That came out in 1950. So, like, again, it just feels so much more relevant than something like Aladdin does. Why Why do we need to see Aladdin when all of the, ago. when all of the, like, references, or maybe not all of them, but many of the references that Robin Williams makes in his jokes are still relevant to our culture today. Right. Obviously, time moves so fast, like, and, like, there are new, like, jokes and references and points in which you can and aladdin obviously takes place in a time period way before when the movie came out but um but there are a lot of jokes that kind of reference that are more modern modern right and um that being said like time moves really fast but it's still it's like robin williams it's not like the way that people speak changes so quickly like hmm. like over time the way yeah, like the way that people spoke in the 1800s is totally different from like today. There's like a lot of mm-hmm. what like just in like general conversation. Yeah. But like I guess it depends on your version of like relevant because it's like, 
oh, do we do you need to like include all of these things that are like fads of like mm-hmm. these past few years of like, oh yeah, I gotta have this joke about this thing that just happened and like dabbing right, and like random Fortnite. stuff because it's like that that almost makes it less timeless because it's well, just yeah, like nobody that's, cares. That's the argument you know? is like the way that you like keep your stories from being timeless is by using references like that. Sometimes yeah. they, sometimes they're really needed or they work stuff like that. If you're especially talking about like a person or a character's like relationship to the culture around them, you know what I mean? Yeah. But like, how cool would it be to see a modernization of it's a wonderful life? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's one of, that's one of those instances where I'd be like, yeah, we'll always have that classic but it would be cool to see like another dramatic film that was made that is a film in the style of films that are made in 2018 mm-hmm. in the style of, of dramas that are made in 2018, yeah. you know? And I, and I don't mean that to say like super moody or dark or anything like that, but just like, you know, something that we can contend with as, as serious, you know what I mean? Like just like a star is born. And like, sometimes it's harder for older films that might seem a little goofier, you know, because of like, um, the angels and you know stuff like that like where the way in which they portray characters is different and kind of unrecognizable a little distanced from us and you can also bring in new like new fans or like new lovers of exactly. a story exactly. in a different way than you could if you just remake aladdin because be- the same people are going to love aladdin exactly you know <laughs> exactly that is exactly right and it's <laughs> and you're just capitalizing off of that love yeah. that's already there and it's, it's like it's like you're not is capturing all about money because it feels like it, it is, is. <laughs> it is no it is all about money and what it is is it's capturing these stories repackaging them in something new and like shipping them out like like here's like you already bought this <laughs> but now i'm just gonna like paint over it with live action paint mm-hmm. and here take it again and just buy it from me again even though you mm-hmm. already own it Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You like you already own this, but we're going to sell it to you again. Right. And it's like you, we just don't need it. We mm-hmm. don't. And it's frustrating. And I again, I would get that if they're like we're going to redo It's a Wonderful Life cuz that's a classic movie that a lot of people watch annually when it's on TV. And and here's another thing. The copyright expiration date is almost in effect for that. Or at least hey. some some scenes or there's something with that where we it's like, okay, it. let's make it. I know. Right. <laughs> like, let's take this film and like, let's update it because people know about it. Maybe not a lot of people think it's relevant. So let's update its relevance. Let's yeah. tell the story again. Like mm-hmm. that makes a lot more sense to me than something like all of these films where it's like, I'm not saying that they're doing this. I don't know if they're doing this. Why do we need a new back to the future? That's still a relevant movie. People still talk about that. Also regularly. Just, freaking why can't we just have original ideas anymore and that's the that's the other heart of the issue right <laughs> that's the thing that we haven't di- dove into yet is dove in. <laughs> <laughs> is the terrible inf- implications that this has when people continually go rebuy things yeah when they continually go it's like you're creating a culture things. of people that are just like mindlessly accepting crap no that is what it is <laughs> but and I, I don't say that to be like to like be edgy and cynical, but that is what it is. It's people saying, oh, what's in the theater? Let's just go see that, you know, because yeah. we know that story. And not having high standards for things. Right. right. And therefore, it's like it's like a it's just a vicious cycle of like 
Hollywood informing people what they should care about and what um, is good and what is bad. Um, and then culture just like accepting that without mm -hmm. really questioning it and then just yeah. saying like, yeah, that's fine, Hollywood, you can keep doing that. Yeah. We don't really care. And then it's just like, this is just sad. Right. Like, what are we doing? But and, and the problem is, is that when we continually do that, we're telling Hollywood, all you have to do is keep remaking things. Yeah. And you don't have to approve that person's screenplay. You don't have to read anybody's original work because you say, I don't need it's, that. It feels so lazy. That's not relevant for my business because everybody's buying this already. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. like the supply for like, there, like you're showing that there isn't any demand for original work. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And it's so frustrating. We see more and more and I've listened to podcasts about this, heard people in the industry, screenwriters talk about this themselves about you see more and more stories just solely based off of IP, basically, you know, a pre-existing entity, something like Superman, something like Batman, something like The Lion King that was already in effect. You see a great those in greater quantity and then in less quantity you see original works. And here's the thing. I don't even think you can include historical films in original works. And when we think about like our great movies nowadays, most of them are historical. Mm. Or they're book, or they're like really awesome book adaptations. Mm. Think about like what like were like the great movies of last year, or at least to us, I Tanya. Historical, right? Um, what's the one with Winston Churchill? Historical. Mm -hmm. There was The Post, the Steven Spielberg film. Historical, right? Like the all of these aren't really original works. And then you have something like Denny Villeneuve's Arrival, right? Mm -hmm. That was based off of a book. Mm -hmm. you, know, you don't have these like screenplays coming out that are like completely original. You have a La La Land. Mm -hmm. That was great. But in 10 years, they're going to want to remake it. <laughs> Hopefully not. Like what? Hopefully not. Let's just not. go back you know through I mean? our files and just pick something randomly that did well. And exactly. let's just do it again because we don't, we are at a creative block and we don't know how to make anything. Exactly. Apparently, even though we spent our lives to like dedicated <laughs> to this craft, I just got to dig something out of the trash because. Yeah. And, and I mean, here's the thing. Like when it comes to like fil specific filmmakers, they're given trust, right? If Christopher Nolan says, I have a new story, Hollywood is going to say, great. You know what I mean? Like if Steven Spielberg is like, I have a new story, Hollywood is going to be like, great. We're going to approve that. You know, that's generally the case, but you're seeing less and less of that. Like Christopher Nolan's last movie was a historical film. You know what I mean? Do you and think it's, it's like, because of like a lack of, trust in general just in our culture i feel like america is like the world but like also america we've become like very cynical and distrustful of everything and i feel like that can infiltrate like so many different things hmm. but even just like the way that studios treat artists because it's like we're not gonna trust you to make something great we're not going to like hire somebody who knows what they're doing and let them like 
have a vision and do what they want because we need we are all nervous because we got to make this money back because we're spending millions of dollars on this movie so we just need to do what works and what people will buy and because that's more important than creating something that will like impact someone like yeah i mean you know like i don't know i think but it's all based off of like it 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 all starts at the consumer yeah with like and i say that with big c consumer it all starts with what people are going to go see. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing. I don't have problems with big Hollywood movies that are sequels or prequels, right? And I don't even have problems with reboots. I don't have problems with films that are saying like, okay, we're going to like continue this story because we think that there might be more to it. Just in a different way. Yeah. I don't think, or like we're going to like reimagine this story because it needs a reimagining like Superman, right? And so with that, like for something like the Star Wars films to come out, like I don't have a problem with that. Like I don't have a problem with the studio saying this is like a story that people love. So let's continue that story and see what, because, and I don't think that like, there's the idea of like, we're going to milk a story until it's milked dry. You know what I mean? Like there's that saying, and it's like, I don't know, like there's so many, like there's so much story there's only as much story in a, in a, in a, um, a like lore base like Star Wars or, you know what I mean, in the context of like here's lightsabers and the force and stuff. Like there's only as much story as people are able to write. There's not a limited amount of story there. You know what I mean? Like stories are endless. Mm-hmm. And so it's like it's not about milking something as it, as it is about as much as it is about let's write inspired story. So I don't have a problem with that. What I have a problem with is people saying, here's something that we know bona fide works for this generation. So we're just going to keep doing that. Let's just tell that same story over and over again. And I think that it starts at the consumer when you say, yeah, we'll buy that. You know what I mean? That's why like people that I talk to, I won't name any names, but people I talk to are like so excited for these remakes. I'm like, do you understand what you're saying to Hollywood when you choose to give them your money to see a movie that you've already seen? And not even like, like, and I don't even have a problem like if people repackage a movie and say, hey, we're going to do a wide release of Beauty and the Beast again to celebrate its 50th anniversary. We're going to have, you know, it play in theaters in select theaters Mm -hmm. so you can go see it again in theaters. Like that's pretty magical, right? But no, it's like, no, we're just going to like spend all this money to just tell the same story again. You're saying... We don't need new works. We just need what's like culturally relevant within a 20 to 30 year time span. And what'll make us just feel warm and fuzzy because it reminds us of our past, but also it's like not as magical. So people are being like settling for less. Yep. (laughs) Yep. And and the reason why so, so many of these things were magical is because they were revolutionary and they were like, they were inspired and they were creative and they were new and Mm -hmm. like people were like doing things like, and so if we see something that's just like trying to like recapture that essence, it's not going to work because you're missing the point. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I have so many feelings about it. (laughs) Yeah. And we've kind of, we're both pretty angsty about it. (laughs) Yeah. And I feel like this is going to be a good podcast because we didn't use the show notes very much. We kind of just started talking from that very (laughs) get go. But 
and we kind of covered all of that. Um, what I was going to say at the end, but I, I've already really spoken of was that I'm not tired of seeing remakes. If I feel like it's a story that's like needs to be retold. If we see a 12 angry men redone today, I'm like, that'd be pretty cool. If we see a to kill a mark mockingbird redone today, that could be really cool. Right? Like, if we see, um, you know, if we see certain films from the 50s redone today, it'd be like, huh, that'd be interesting to see. You know what I mean? But it's like there is a breaking point where it's like. How many Jurassic Park worlds do we need? But here's the thing. That's a sequel. Yeah. Those are sequels. But also I feel like you can feel similar things about sequels too. You can. Even if it's not like as as yeah, the blatant same, yeah. of a recreation sequels also fall under a similar category for me at least i'm just like okay like we don't need to keep going with the story because there's not like it's not there's not a lot there like it's kind of just the same stuff happening like exactly you know what i but mean but like i said like that's it's not the fact this is what i was trying to say a minute ago like it's not the fact that a jurassic park sequel comes out it's that you're not doing anything different. Right. You're not telling more story. Just like, you know? here's more... Dinosaurs. Dinosaurs. Yes. Or like... And people will buy that. Here's like, stuff blowing up and... Yes. Running. Exactly. exactly. Woo. I, it's the, the same Hollywood, like the cynical look at, that you can have on Hollywood still applies of like, you're basically just giving us the superficial bare elements of what we know and love. Mm-hmm. Or like the Fantastic Beasts movies. Mm-hmm. You know, we haven't seen the crimes of Grindelwald, but it's like but Harry Potter, about it. muggles, whatever you want to like all these terms that, you know, and love. And again, we're doing it so close to the end. Like, like when did the last Harry Potter movie come out? Oh, man. Was it, was it tw- not that long ago. Was it 2010, 2011, 2012? Probably around there. So like six years later, we need to tell more story from Harry Potter why not 20 years later when it's like, right. let's revisit the world mm-hmm. after. Re- and, and honestly, uh, we're getting, nobody has so- patience for these. I know things. we're getting into so much beyond just remakes, but that's how I feel about the DC movies. It's like, I've got, I've been on record as saying I like them. Part of it is because I love Batman and Superman and wonder woman. And those are like characters that are near and dear to my heart. So I love those movies just for that reason alone. I also think that there's some merit to those movies as being good movies. Anyway, all of that to say, Hollywood is like, okay, superheroes are in right now. So we need to capitalize off of Marvel's success <laughs> in the moment that Marvel is having that success mm-hmm. as opposed to saying, we'll have our time 30 years from now. Mm-hmm. Let superheroes movies, movies come and die and then go make yours when you can revamp and make superheroes relevant again. Mm-hmm. That's all I'm trying to say is like, People don't have that perspective, though. It's like, what affects the bottom line now? And what pays the bills for people who are doing stuff now? And what can we... Like, you know, people don't have the perspective of, like, let's just wait on this. Like, But they can't. They can't, right? They can't... Those are what independent studios are for, first of all. Those are what independent contracted studios are for when it comes to, like, partnerships. So, like, Fox Searchlight is the independent branch of fox 20th century fox you know what i mean like and those are like the independent films that come out of there like the tree of life but um what was i gonna say 
Um, oh yeah, like I said, it just goes back to the consumer. What do what are people buying? Mm-hmm. So this isn't a message to Hollywood. Like this podcast isn't a message to Hollywood. Hollywood, we're responsible for Hollywood. <laughs> we are. We've created the beast. We do. We, yes, exactly. Whenever we go out to see these works, we are, and that's why it's like I'm not going to go see Lion King. I'll only see Lion King if it's like a means by which I'm able to like show a friend that I love them because they really want me to go see that movie. You know what yeah. I mean? Like that's the only. But like my personal preference is not to go see, not to give them money. And I'm not going to be so stuck up to say, okay, I won't go see that movie with you because of my high ideals. Like, you know, because people are more important than that. But like. But on on your own, it's like, I don't really care to spend my hard-earned money on these things. You and I won't be going to see Lion King, I'm sure. Unless more trailers come out, it proves itself to be like maybe even a reimagining where it is more of like a reboot than it is a remake. But But why wouldn't you give hints to that in your trailer? Exactly. But (laughs) basis off the trailer where you can literally have like have them next to each other and see that each shot is exactly the same. Yeah. It's like the most minute variation on those shots is like kind of ridiculous. <sighs> <laughs> yes, we both sigh at the same time. I feel bad. I don't want to like have bad vibes in the middle of like <laughs> getting the into the holiday season, but we're not just like angsty people guys. Yes. If this you guys have just... listened before, you know that it's just, this is what we're feeling about this Lion topic. King. Um, yeah. This is in the wake of literally about a week ago, the trailer coming out. It's just like, man. It's been on our minds. It has been on our minds. And this is why we're feeling like as people who might even want to work in the industry at some point. Mm-hmm. Who will like have a vision of being creators. This is like the perspective of, of at least us as creators, at least. Yeah. Yeah. But there's hope. We're heading into Oscar season. Yeah. So I'm sure but again, there's going like to be some said, good like, stuff it's still, coming out. We don't need to dive back into it because we're wrapping up. But like there are only so few original works that come yeah. out of these times too now. Like a lot. That's of why like La La Land was so know. exciting to me. It's like, please. Yes. Let's have more into like more of the little guys rising mm-hmm. up and making something awesome. Yeah. Damien Chazelle. About it. Like also think about this. I don't know what this says, but like the first studio film that Damien Chazelle got a historical film <laughs> and it bombed. It sucks. Like, <laughs> dang it. Dang it. Like they, like maybe he pitched them. I don't know. Obviously, I don't know. Maybe he pitched them uh, like an original screenplay that he had and they're like, no, we're not doing any original work right now, but here's this historical screenplay that we got. So maybe do that. And then it like gets ruined at the box office. Which is sad. Again, it was people are not really buying. Well it's all about the consumer. Yeah. And so. It's safe to say that about, if you take the average of the general public, they're not most likely going to be well-informed about a lot of things. And I'm just thinking about how, how, like Hollywood affects America right now. Obviously, it has an effect on the world. You mean like Western culture? Yeah, itself. that's sorry. That's what I meant to say. That's but, right. Um, I'm just speaking from my own context. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, just like we're far too easily pleased by things that yeah. aren't very good. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. And, yeah. And people, most people don't care about this stuff as much as we do. You know, people 
people care about different things. Mm -hmm. And so if you take the average person, it's like they're not really going to be like using their actions to influence Hollywood because they're not thinking about that, you yeah. know, like, so it's just hard. It, it feels a little powerless, but. And it takes, it takes an army. It takes an army of people. Right. Like if you and I choose to not see it, like that's fine for our ideals, but that doesn't mean uh, yeah. like, that's only two tickets. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like, so what would you say? How do we like end this on a positive note? Like what would you say are things that we can do like as for just like looking at this, you know, and like moving forward, like, like as just general people and then also like what what you hope to see in Hollywood or whatever. All I can say is to any listener is like. Even if it's good or bad, if there's an original movie out there, go see it <laughs> and really do your research on like what what's you know, being acclaimed in the moment and what's not, you know, mm. a lot of original works are acclaimed, you know, like you don't, we see a lot of like 30% <laughs> of Rotten Tomatoes when they are reboots and remakes and lackluster retellings, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? And it's like, if there's an original movie out there, at least try to go see it, whether yeah. it's good or bad, because you're also, telling Hollywood, we appreciate creativity. Yeah. yeah. And then you can also, I mean, it's like an educational experience too, because you get to increase your literacy on like movies and art as you analyze like what is, what you appreciate about that movie or and what like, you don't. Yeah. Cause you're not just like, n like mind numbed to see the same stuff that you've always watched mm -hmm. and like not really think about it because it's like, Oh yeah, this is beauty and the beast. I know what's coming. I know what to expect. I'm not mm -hmm. really thinking about anything. Except it's my, like, Oh my gosh. It's it, totally mindless. It's like hypnotism. Or like, yeah, it's so mindless. Ugh. Ugh. It's like, uh, sorry, it got back to the, <laughs> <laughs> that all I have to say is guys go see original movies. Support, support people who are artists, like who are, dedicated to telling great stories and yeah. like doing that well and doing that originally and like yeah it's the same way we feel about like local community local economy like mm -hmm. supporting local business owners like mm -hmm. it's that same feeling of like there's like monopolies and there's mass corporations and there's like well there's not monopolies like monopoly, you can't have a monopoly in America. They're like quote unquote monopolies, but not real monopolies. Yeah, I, I was just speaking figuratively, okay, I guess. I like like businesses that f it feels like they have a monopoly on Got things. It. Um, but yeah, like there's these like huge companies and these obviously, franchises. Yeah, franchises yeah. and stuff that are like, it's like, okay, whatever. Like, I mean, you can see the value in certain things where it's like, yeah, like this is awesome that Starbucks has like reached around the world like you mm -hmm. can always find a starbucks and there's like something kind of nice about that mm -hmm. but also it's like there's something way more special and exciting about someone who has a dream and then starts a business and is like i want to create a place that serves amazing coffee like mm -hmm. the best coffee yeah and like do it in a way that like is original and and creative and like gets the people around excited and mm. like it's just that same feeling of like support people who are just passionate about doing things well not just like let's just churn out yeah crap off of our 
conveyor belts. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. No. Stand up to the man. <laughs> I love it. All right, guys. Oh, well, with that, we will wrap up this podcast episode. Moral of the story is everything that we've just said. So Wow, that's all the moral of the story is yep, everything. That's what it is. <laughs> Kenan and I are so happy to be an engaged couple um, <laughs> recording this podcast going into this next month, December, and then the new year. Um, the weight of cinema podcast might look a little different as we begin to um, brainstorm changes that we can make and um, innovate on what this podcast looks like. But for now, it's been fun. I thank you guys so much for listening. And we uh, want to hear your perspectives also. Like yes. Everything we've just said, we want to have a conversation about it. So yes. let us know, like, do you agree with us? Do you disagree? What What do you feel about all of this? I'm sure there's so many perspectives that you guys can add. Mm -hmm. So go ahead and give this. If you're listening on iTunes or SoundCloud, leave a comment or give a review for the podcast, if you're listening on YouTube, please give this video a like uh, and comment and share this video. Also, if you guys want to connect with us via live stream and our Discord server and weekly conversation, literally conversation with us every single week, you can do so by becoming a Weight of Cinema community member on Patreon. Um, this is basically pledging um your investment to weight of cinema you know it could be any amount of money two dollars three dollars um five dollars twelve dollars the amount of benefits goes up as as the amount of investment goes up and we'd love to get the chance to connect with you guys more and more and have conversation like i said i'm in continual discourse with my patrons and um and it's so much fun so if you guys want to hang out with us get to know us become a patron and the link is available in the description and in the show notes so thank you guys so much for everything for listening for being here and happy holidays until Woo. next time see ya <laughs>